What's happening, municipals? This is Big C. Let me tell you about a great place, Envision Golf. Indoor simulators have exploded in golf, and Envision is leading the charge here in Portland. With the use of leading simulator technology in Golf Zone, you get transported to 200-plus courses across the world with the most realistic simulator experience you'll ever come across. With a hitting mat that not only gives you the turf to simulate real rough and sand conditions, the mat also raises up in slopes to create real live positions like playing on the actual course. If you're in need of a lesson, Vision Golf also has you covered with the PGA teaching pro Ignacio CERN. On top of that, they create an atmosphere with full bar and food options and sports on all the TVs that you're never going to want to leave. This is a great place for all events to be hosted with the VIP section to accommodate groups of all sizes. If you live in the greater Portland area or even the Pacific Northwest, you have to come out to a Vision Golf and check it out in Tigard, Oregon. Use code MUNICIPALS and you will get your first hour for free on your first visit. Also check out league nights and monthly events. Envision Golf, the Pacific Northwest premier simulator facility. How hard did you push it? Till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. Municipals, this is Big C coming back at you again. Take two, bend trip with JD and Bean Mace. Welcome back, fellas. You ready to talk Crooked River Ranch? Couldn't be more ready. Let's do it. Well, if you guys tune in to last week's episode, we chatted about the resort course at Eagle Crest. Fun, fun environment out there. Definitely recommend it. This week, we are talking about the course that we played the uh, two ball in. It was me and JD and our buddy Ethan, which was our last minute add, and uh, Bean as a team. And I'm going to tell you right now, for a course that's 5,800 yards, that course was tough. It was not in. It was not a handshake, you know. I think we looked at the scorecard and we were all like, "Oh, this is this team event, fifty-eight hundred yards at elevation." I like I like our chances, and that's why my dumbass picked up the best player that I know in JD, and I was like, "Let's go dominate the field here." And I don't think either one of us brought our best game that day. Uh, if um, if putting didn't need to happen, I played great. <laughs> uh, I don't want, we don't need to, I think we talked about it in the last episode, um, went through a little, still maybe kind of matriculating my way through a bit of a rough patch on the greens. Um, sorry, Chris, I let you down. It was, uh, it was a fun event and definitely... I mean, it's a 5,800-yard par 71. It is a quirky little golf course, um, but super fun. If you're in the area, I, I think hard-pressed to find. I don't know what it costs to play there. Um, kind of a funky property. Um, I'm not 100% sure what exactly the property is from a resort standpoint, um, but for 5,800 yards, you'll hit a lot of different clubs in your bag, whether it's off the tee or into the greens. Um, there's some 
opportunities to make a ton of birdies and there's a chance to make some big scores if you get it going a little squirrely yeah the property is something all in its own before we even get talking about the golf course we'll have to talk about this property so like this this property reminds me of like any movie that you've ever watched where people go in the summertime and it's like the place where families stay for two or three months and there's like a pool that's fenced off and there's like a little snack shack where people can like grab some food and all the dads are in like the short short like swim trunks and there's like tennis courts over it's it's wild you could tell that it was a like family getaway resort that like people from portland and things like that went in like the 70s and 80s and it just hasn't changed or evolved since then it's kind of nuts like it is has stayed the same like the lady working that snack shack where we got those breakfast sandwiches she might have been the og that's been there since that resort started she was the cute girl working next to the pool oh (laughs) if you thought 83 year old woman was was adorable i I would use adorable i'm just saying i mean 60 60 years ago when it opened she might have been the cute girl working next to the pool she could have she had one hell of a biscuit sandwich though i'll give her that (laughs) you know what i i will not snuff that the coffee was absolutely the worst you know sludge i've ever had in my life but breakfast sandwiches were on point she's been making that same breakfast sandwich for like 30 years I may describe the property a little bit different. You're driving in from over this, uh, along this like bluff, right? Looking down at the golf course, you can kind of see most of the, the layout as you're coming in. It's There's a river down below. There's some really cool views along the golf course. But it looks like what Chris described as your family getaway as a backdrop for a serial killer movie. Yeah, like it's the that, only town within... Well 30 miles no one's gonna hear you scream type of property a lot of trailer spots um yeah it was a little, little weird we, we didn't know if the bar was open at the end of our well, round the bar didn't let alone have at windows if you guys remember that's what no i mean windows yeah <laughs> like, a little creepy and, it, and then they then it's like 98 outside and she goes oh yeah the ac's broken we're like and you weren't supposed to drink any of the water on property yes that was the other thing. You only could drink bottled water. They're like, we haven't been authorized to allow people to drink out of the taps. And we were like, oh, uh, thanks for knowing. And then love you, Travis and Zach. I know you guys are listeners, but <laughs> the Northwest Golf Guys supplied bottles of water that ended up running out, I think, three holes in. The, the guy came back around like on the third hole and we were like hey could we grab a, another you know bottle of water or two and he's like nope already ran out we see he had the three cases total yeah, like three cases total for like 48 or like 50 60 plus guys I guess and like yeah it's 100, and degrees. It 100 degrees outside <laughs> and no cart girl for the entire round that was that was probably the most brutal thing about the entire day. It was so hot out there 
and they were not distributing water. And I think on the turn, like I, I loaded up on like two or three waters. Like it was, it was dangerous out there. I was not drinking yeah, was, at all that day till after red. But let's let's talk golf course. So Crooked River Ranch, we played two two man um, two man uh, two ball, um, which that doesn't really make sense to you guys. It's just two ball, uh, two two man team, and so. We got the privilege to start on one, which was nice because it was the first time any of us have seen the course. So we didn't have to like get thrown right off the bat by like starting on six or, you know, in the middle of the course somewhere. So that was really nice to be able to start, you know, right on one being the first group to tee off there. So we didn't even have to wait being team B. That was super sick of uh, Travis and Zach to hook us up with that. What do you guys think of the first hole? I think I kind of want to dive into this course a little bit more. Uh, I think there was a little bit more substance to this course than there was the resort course that we talked about last week. What was your impression kind of stepping up to that tee box, the scenery, you know, canyons with the river below? Uh, what what was your thought there, J.D.? I mean, dead straightaway tee shot. I hate I hate straight tee shots. Um, but just a dead straight pard four and a half. Um, I'm looking at the card right now. It says four sixty again elevation. Um, so it doesn't doesn't play terribly long. Um, but out of bounds right, out of bounds can creep in left at the driving range. Um, you're not you're kind of in the valley, so you have the bluffs up to your right and behind you a little bit. Um, but you can't really tell what's to come. Um, I would say further into the golf course, right? Some of the really cool views that we'll talk about. Um, so really, it's just a dead straightaway flat par five at 460 uh get something in play and and try to make a, a birdie on on hole one it's a good little good little what do you guys call it warm handshake i think is how you typically refer to it it's a warm handshake of an opening hole yeah absolutely I, I'm, I'm with jd i hate a straight tee shot i'd never hit the ball straight so you know it doesn't matter but here i get you know Real nice low left miss came into play and hit it off the hill right into the driving range. So hell of a start for me on one there. Uh, but we battled back and uh, had, a, had a good time out there. But yeah, real nice, easy intro to the course. I think one thing to speak of on this course, I, I loved the green complexes. I think every single hole had a very intriguing green complex that was very different from the last in in difference in undulation size um you know placement kind of how it it's placed in the hole and and what they did bunkering wise there wasn't a lot of bunkering around the greens on this course um i i would say most of the bunkering was kind of off the tee if if any there were a couple holes that had some bunkers that came into play along the greens but for the most part, the protection was the the undulation and the slopes of the greens, and they were running quick too. They were they were fast that day, so I think that's where a lot more of the protection of the fifty eight hundred yards kind of came into play. Yeah, it was one of those courses that if you were pin high, you weren't going to make the putt, right? I mean, you had 
yeah, 10 foot putts with 10 foot of break. Um, they were fast, but not so fast that if you were above it, you couldn't, you couldn't make it or you had to be super defensive. So really it was above or below the hole. You're okay. Below the hole, obviously preferred. If you got flag high on most of those holes, you were, you were, you were, you were getting pretty defensive. You're, you're playing some break and, uh, it's, it's a little concerning when you have a right to left breaker and you're kind of looking at the hole over your left shoulder. Um, but that's how a lot of those a lot of those greens are tilted or canted. So kind of moving on from hole one, um, not a lot. To, I, I don't want to go hole by hole here; gets a little mundane. But on the on the front nine, what were your guys' favorite holes um, that you went out and played on the front nine? Let's start with you, Bean. I'd probably go with number uh, number four, the first part three out there like that hole um super straightforward raised tee box um and, and down to a real slow green like you mentioned gnar- gnarly tilled on that green from from back to front um and the pin almost off the back there as well made it pretty tough but really like that hole um kind of shooting into into the canyon as well did the fact that you made a two on that hole have anything to do with you liking it no i mean <laughs> I like par threes. I did play play that hole well. Should have won the KP there. Don't know how I didn't, but um, that that was a softball and you knocked it out of the park there, JD. Thank you. <laughs> had to had to give you your give you your roses or flowers or whatever the kids say, right? I mean, that, yeah, that's not why it was. I, I just really like that uh, that par three on the front. You hit that thing. And it did help. You hit I, that to like under ten feet. That was like eight feet from the pin. I have no clue how anybody hit that closer than you. I didn't deserve it, though. It was a horrible, thin shot. Uh, but, yeah, it, it turned out pretty decent. JD, what would you say your favorite hole on the front was? Well, I know we're going to talk about five because I don't think you go through this course without talking about five. Um, I think seven was really interesting the uphill being all, all kind of piggyback on you from a par three standpoint uphill two-tiered green pin was on the back tier um pretty easy to spin it off the front pretty easy to hit it long and with how quick the greens are there's just no good option when the pin's up on top of that little tier um so i thought that was kind of a sneaky little hole right there's not I don't think it would be chosen by most. I don't think there's a ton to it. Um, the slope is pretty severe, maybe even a little bit too much. But again, 5,800 yard par 71, can't really blame them for having some defense. Um, and then I'll just sneak in a, a quick second favorite of um, number eight was pretty cool. The downhill par four over the water. Um, short enough that if if you can give it a poke, I think both, both Ethan and I went for it. Um, both got over the water. Um, so it was a, a fun hole that gave you, gave you some options from a drivability standpoint, um, with water, right? Not without a bounds, not something that's stroke and distance, but something that from a risk reward standpoint makes sense to pull the trigger and give it a shot. That's the hole I was actually going to say was, was my favorite on the front was, was eight. I, I thought that was such a cool hole because even if you did take the the risk to hit it, you had so much room behind the green 
to to blow it past and play it back towards the green. As long as you hit it left, not into the trees on the right hand side, you were you were pretty much okay. You just didn't want to hit it short or hit it right. And so if you were missing it anywhere long or left, you were good to go. And you know, then you could also play it, you know, three wood to like ninety yards in and and have a really fun, you know, shot in right over the water and I I really thought that hole was kind of intriguing from a tee box standpoint because it really had you guessing if you could clear the water or not and if you couldn't you know you knew what you had to leave yourself with the number that you felt most comfortable to hit it and I thought that was a really cool you know uh you know quandary when you were standing at the uh the tee box we can't go to the back nine without talking about number no. five no number number <laughs> five was nuts well one number five was great just because of the view that you received off the tee box you you walked off of four drove your cart kind of around this little roundabout and then you just stepped up to this tee box that had just this gorgeous like carved out canyon into you know right off these like flat like desert mesas and just had like a river running through the middle of it and it was absolutely like breathtaking from a from a view standpoint you knew what was coming too because we saw it if you remember we saw that tee shot on standing on the third tee there's a little bit of a backup on the third tee which was a drivable par four um, that might be a constant theme on a course of this length. Um, but we were standing on the third tee and we were looking over and I, I think everybody kind of had the same thought of, is that a par four or a par three? Cause it's this huge back to number five, five's this huge slinging dog leg left that on the card measures 260. But as the crow flies, I think we lasered it at like 200. Yeah. Right. So on a straight yep. shot, it's a 200, 200 yard hole. It's 260 around the bend. Um, so we were watching all these guys hit irons off the tee towards the green, and we're going, I don't know if that's a par four or a par three. And then you get there, and you've obviously already seen the river a little bit, and now you're on this bluff, and you're faced with that shot. And sure enough, it's a it's a par four, but um, it's a it's a cool it's a cool quirky hole. Yeah. I'm. I mean, if yeah. anybody can hit a tee shot over 200 yards, you're never going to take the, the, like, safe route. You're never going to hit, like, a 160-yard, you know, six six iron or whatever your 160-yard club is, you know, out into the fairway to, you know, play it safe, then cut it over. Like, if you can hit a 200-yard shot, you're going to fucking take that risk and hit it right over that canyon. Because the trees are low enough there's a big gap between the trees you can see right to the flag right into the green it you just have to be able to hit a high enough ball 200 yards to be able to get there and i thought that was probably one of the funnest holes of the entire day yeah super cool looking it was great to see um from from the tee on six watching the guys behind us play you know different view of the hole um just yeah super interesting and like you said you can play it so many different ways i'll give you an alternative thought for people who hit it 200 yards right where's their miss miss on this 
hole is you can miss as far as you want right you that's what i mean right so someone who hits a driver let's say 200 yards their their miss normally is probably a slice right so if you line it up at the green and you slice it who cares you're on land if it were the opposite if if the ravine and everything was was right of the hole versus left it might be a a different story in terms of playability or fun factor. Um, but I think this gives you, this is a truly, this isn't one of the, Hey, it's drivable for some. If you're playing the right tees, this is drivable for probably yeah. everybody. Yeah. And I think that just makes it a fun golf hole. Like it, it's yep. intriguing because I mean, if you duff it, it's instant OB, you're reteeing. Like there, there's, there's no missing it short. But you again, you can miss it. The guys behind us, we're we finish up the hole. We're on the tee box, and I can't remember his name. He was running the actual event for Travis and Zach, but he hits his tee shot over the green. There's like a little like I don't even know what it is—an outhouse, a restroom. There's something there. I think it's a bathroom. He hits a roof of the bathroom, lands his ball almost on the tee box on the next hole where we're we're standing and teeing off he runs up or walks up he goes oh no worries i'm just gonna flop this up and i got this we see him on the next tee box and he goes oh yeah i birdied that and we were like are you what how how did you birdie that and he goes oh yeah i flopped it from where i was at onto the green and one putted it in i was like that that green alone was diabolical. It sloped so heavy back to front that he must have landed it on the front left to putt up the hill because if you were putting it sideways, that it was almost nearly impossible putt. It was super difficult. I think all, all four of us, I think, had side putts from either the left or right-hand side of the, the hole. None of us had an uphill or downhill putt on that hole. No, it was uh, that was one of those side sidewinders. I was, yeah. I don't know how he made three no, more for that. I have no clue. Uh, but let's move on to the back nine. So it's very obvious. I don't know if you guys got this same feeling, but it's pretty obvious that the course was built as a nine-hole course, and the second nine on the backhand side was added because you can tell how open a lot of the holes were on the back nine with kind of the prairie landscape it was just a night and day holes from the front to back and i don't know if it's true or not i don't have any source behind that it's just playing the amount of different golf courses that i've played felt very much like those were designed completely separately the back nine felt like it was designed. The front nine felt like it was kind of cobbled together, for lack of a better term. Not that they were bad golf holes, just not someone who made a living designing golf courses, if you will. The back nine had more of a um, professional routing to it, if you will. That's exactly it. it. It's almost like the person that decided to build that like resort, I guess you would call it, back whenever it was built was probably an amateur 
that went out there and just built it himself or a construction crew that decided, oh, yeah, we want to have a golf course for this resort. and We're just going to add it on and just have these nine holes next to the pool. And that's kind of how the front felt. And I think it was cool because when you get holes like that, you get hole number five, which probably wouldn't have been designed exactly the same way if a professional architect came out there and designed that like you know most of those holes wouldn't be the way they were if a professional actually went out there and designed it but i think that's when you got onto the back nine and it changed completely over and i think you kind of had you know what you expect you know really good high-end course to have in bend so you know saying that what was your favorite hole on the back nine, JD? Mm. Uh, this one's a little bit harder for me, but I'll go with 17, um, just because I think it was probably the hardest hole on property. Um, one of the longer par fours, uh, actually looks like it is the longest par four. It's uh, still 405 yards downhill. It's just this kind of sweeping dog leg left. Um, where your the right side of the hole is um, a mountainside, if you will. So it, it's kind of framed by the canyon or the mountain that sweeps around to the left with some trees and water down the, the left-hand side. Um, so kind of a tough fit from a tee shot perspective. It, it definitely shapes for a right-to-left um, tee shot, which is not my preferred shot shape per se. Um, and you don't really know where to hit it. I think somebody had the gin app up that has some GPS on it, which helped from a line perspective, but I don't think any of us hit, hit a tee shot where we thought we wanted to. Um, we got away with some of them, but, um, it's a little bit of a nervy shot. And then you sort of, the fairway sort of falls down, um, down towards the left at maybe a couple hundred yards away from the green. Um, and you sort of fall back into the valley, uh, finishing up on a, a relatively mundane green complex. But I just thought it was a um, it was a good hole. Admittedly, I think there's a few on the back nine that I'm kind of splitting hairs with, and, and could have gone a number of different directions from a favorite hole perspective. I thought the back nine had some some fun character. I to felt it. like that hole was very claustrophobic off the tee because you really had one line you or. I'll say two lines. You either hit an iron off the tee on the right-hand side, right of those trees, and just laid up and left yourself, you know, with like 200 to 160 in. Or you hit a driver over the tree to the group of trees on the left-hand side, hope that it clears those trees, hits the down slope, and goes you know, into the right direction in the right, you know, little funnel area. And when you take that line, which I think every single one of us decided to take that line, um, it is an extremely challenging hole. I think if I was to go back and play it, I would hit like a, you know, like a five iron or maybe my four iron or hybrid and just kind of lay it up right of those trees and then hit it, you know, just over that little water cutout that was there, you know, onto the green. That would probably be the best play if you're trying to score low on that hole. But first time playing it, that's not fun. You don't want to do that shit. You want to fucking bomb it over the trees and hope for the best into a blind landing area that we have no clue what the fuck's going to happen. 
it was beautiful, but yeah, I, I, I hate that hole. We, me and my partner both went OB there. It really unraveled fast for us after Chris said, hey, you guys are right there in it. Well, yeah, what the I hell? Fucking, I jinxed and both that. of us going OB on 17 and 18 really didn't help. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a really interesting hole in terms of, like, of how you could play, like GD was saying. I'd, I'd love to go back and just see how you'd attack that. Yeah, Crooked River Ranch made me want to go back and play it. That's that's a sign of a good golf course. I really, really enjoyed it, and it made me want to go back there, which I didn't feel as much with the resort course. You know, if I'm in the area, I'm looking for a cheap round. Resort course is there. You know, we know it's there. But Crooked River Ranch, like, made me want to drive out of my way to play it again. Like, with how Chris has described the resort, as like your family getaway and wanting to go back and play Crooked River, I think I, I think we know where the Reinhardt family is going for family vacations <laughs> moving forward. This is uh, this is this is a new development, right? This just in. Chris found his, open his, and yeah, get on out there. I'm gonna get myself a Tioga, you know, with the overhead sleeper, you know, drive it on out to Crooked River Ranch, maybe get murdered at night let let little frankie run around barefoot all over the place like a little hoodlum yeah i'm not uh i i've made the decision that when i come to portland i'm not staying with you um i'm afraid that you're gonna roll out the the leather whatever it is with all the knives in it i mean if this is your if this is your idea of family vacation we need to have a chit chat as long as the wife works in Picasso, there's no vacations at Crooked River Ranch in Tioga. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they had a place as nice as the one that we did at, at no, uh, Eagle I, Crest. No, I will give massive props to Eagle Crest's, um, you know, great places to stay. But, Bean, what was your favorite whole back nine go? I'd go 16. Uh, another par three. Um, kind of just like the whole JD described, um, you know, but kind of the reverse mountainside on the right, trees down the left, um, really just tight tee shot, um, bunkers on each side of the green, one front left, um, you know, really tough green. Just love the way that 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 uh, you know looked from the tee there, with the little river on the left side as well. I think all of those holes tucked up in that canyon. Um, 15, 16, 17 were probably the three best placed holes on the golf course. I'm not going to say they were the best holes, but they were – when an architect saw though that canyon and saw those cutouts, he he knew what the fuck he was doing. You know, it it was laid out for them. I don't know how much, you know, land they had to move to create those holes – but it felt very natural within those three holes. It felt like they kind of placed it within those, like, those, you know, outcrops. I wouldn't imagine very much, you know, like you said, it seemed to fit kind of what the natural landscape was. The the river, the stream that was off to the left seemed like kind of just a natural snow runoff type of, of stream, if you will, crick. Um I thought that 16 was really a cool par three, kind of a bold green uphill, tough to see the putting surface. You don't really know kind of what you're getting at. Um, But a 
you know, kind of straightforward par three with a big green with a beautiful landscape. I don't think there's much not to like. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of continue it along those lines, and I'm going to say 15 was probably my favorite on the back nine. Um, You know, it was a really, in my opinion, 15 was an extremely challenging hole. Um, Uphill, par four, it wasn't long. Only 318 from the back where where we played, you know, it technically could be drivable, but it narrowed like crazy at the green. I mean, you would have to hit your driver on a dime to be able to drive this hole. and hit. Or just bank it off a tree like That's Ethan. True. Yeah, Ethan yeah. did bank it off tree on the right-hand side right of the, of the cart path, bounced it onto the backside of the green. That was... Yeah, one of the greatest lucky shots I've ever seen in my life. Just incredible. I have never seen a ball hit a tree 40 yards short of the green and end up on the back edge of the green. It, it, we, I, I think all of us thought it was OB. I don't think any of us thought it actually oh, landed yeah. on the green. I still don't know how it did. I don't either. It was miraculous. Like, I mean. Wait, way to go. Way to go, Ethan. There was that big slope that kind of came off of the um, the cart path that kind of came down into the green. So, I mean, he could have got, you know, a bounce off the tree onto the cart path, sloped down off of that guy. But, like, it's still, it's an absolute mystery. Because, I mean, how that hole played, there's no way for us to even see if it was up there from the tee box anyways. Like... It was crazy, but that that hole kind of gives you. There's multitude of ways for you to lay up and figure out how you want to play the hole. And the one thing I think with that hole is you've got the creek that runs along the left hand side of it. You've got um, kind of a hill and car path on the right hand side. You have to hit a really good golf shot off the tee to leave yourself with a good shot in. And you do get some relief, I think, hitting onto this green because they have that slope that kind of runs along the entire right-hand side and back of it. So even if you play it a little bit, you know, long or off to the right, it'll kind of come off those slopes and, you know, funnel back into the green, which I think is great for such a challenging hole. You should give some relief kind of giving into that approach shot. So, I, yeah. 15, 16, 17, I think by far best three holes on the course, let alone back nine. So afterwards, after we finished up our atrocious rounds, me and JD, you know, finished, um, finished gross, fifth place. We didn't play bad. We didn't play good. It just wasn't our day. Wasn't our day. Bean almost took the net. I shouldn't have fucking jinxed them. I told them how close they were to the net. I kind of felt like the net was slightly out of reach, though, because the guys that won it, I think one of the guys in the group got a fucking hole in one. 
I think he made a net yeah. zero. Yeah, a little rough. I won't blame you, Chris. You, you gave me the motivation I needed. We just we just fell apart. Little, you know, a few OBs. Uh, you know, Ethan even went o, uh, OB on 16, the par three. Told him, don't worry about it. I'm gonna knock this close. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get a birdie, and we're gonna we both stroke on 17 and 18. So we're set. We're winning this thing, right? And then I proceeded to miss the uh, two foot downhill birdie putt, and it all went to hell from there. So I'll take full blame. The uh, the golf course kind of lulled, lulled you to sleep a little bit, and then all of a sudden you stand up on 17, going, "Where the fuck do I hit this?" And then 18 wasn't a cupcake of a tee shot either. Um, I hit it two holes over, so I'm very much aware of how hard the shot. It, the out of bounds creeps in tight on the right. Ethan hit a good drive. He just hit it. He just hits it too far, um, and kind of got through the fairway into what was probably poorly placed out of bounds stakes more so than anything his he very easily could have played his ball um i think to the the eagle crest rattlesnake conversation i think some of the out of bounds that they put out there is a hey don't go look for your ball out here because you might find something other than your golf ball um i think those are more what those out of bounds stakes were for than anything so a little on little unfortunate but um probably the two hardest holes on property were, were 17 and 18 as well. Yeah. I, I actually kind of slipped on 18. I mean, that approach into that green, how protected that green was, was not easy. 18 was, you really got kicked in the balls on the last four holes. I mean, they, like you just said, you kind of, you know, caked your way through the front nine you know, stopped on the turn, refueled a little bit, kind of got a little sleepy coming through 13, 14, and then you just get slammed. Baseball bat to the nuts. It just really gets you. <laughs> yeah, I almost wish we would have started on 17 or 18 uh, after the way it all played out. Yeah, you know what? Now you look back on it, we were like stoked we got to play on one because we got to play the course the true way. But I mean, in in that format, it almost would have been better to start on those back holes, get them out of the way when you were wide awake, ready to go, you know, alert, and then kind of finish it up on that easy, you know, seven, eight, nine finish there. Maybe next time. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I like the way we played it. We made the drive to the bar shorter. That's true. Very good point. We needed that real bad at the end. I'm shocked we finished fifth, but neither here nor there. It was actually seventh. Seventh, not to burst the bubble. Okay, that, oh, no! I was going to say that. I just looked it up because I wanted to know where <laughs> I was at. So yeah, it, you know, not bad. Not bad. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. pretty, but it was a good day always a good day playing with you fellas and uh i enjoyed it we're gonna have to get another trip trip going here soon um but next week tune in for juniper me and jd are gonna get together we're gonna talk probably between us unfortunately bean didn't get to join us on that on that golf course he had to come a day late but between me and jd we would definitely say juniper was the best course that we played over the weekend and stay tuned for that we're leaving the best for last it's going to be a good one 
All right, fellas. Thank you for coming in, tuning in. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. Excited to hear that uh, one about Juniper. Yes, sir. Should be fun. Thank you.